What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got a review of Busta Rhymes' latest album, Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God. And I think typically around this time, it's December, early December when we're recording this, we probably would have done our fall recap, right? Yeah, probably. But aside from this album there's nothing that happened this fall that i really care to talk about you know <laughs> I, I didn't really watch the nba playoffs, so i i'm not going to discuss that oh, i wow. haven't seen any of these versus battles none of these like gucci wow. versus uh was it gucci versus young jeezy yep. two chains went up against someone i didn't watch any of that shit. none of these I feel like that's on brand, so I'm not I'm not surprised at that. That's fair. But uh, <laughs> I know, am we surprised don't about the NBA about... playoffs uh, uh, thing. I mean, I've watched a little bit here and there, but not really, you Got know. You. Um, we don't need to talk about the election, whatever. No. So, you know, it really, this is the only thing that kind of happened over the fall that there was news about that I really deemed was, was you know, worth the discussion. So why not uh, dedicate an entire episode to discussing it? Yeah, that's fair. And I think, you know, you kind of mentioned and, and you know, maybe it, it, it'll tease out in the discussion. But, you know, we also talked about how there's kind of a few different albums, uh, you know, that have come out. This being probably one of the, the foremost ones in terms of of the, the genre of music that we talk about the most on this podcast. Um and you know the Grammys coming coming along. There's been a you know a few other albums that were nominated for album of the year. This not being one of them. Um, this not I being one, right? And 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 maybe you know maybe that has to do with with the 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 timeline because I'm not sure about what when the Grammy submission deadline is and all that other stuff. But um, you know I think part of us not doing the 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 kind of uh, I don't know if you want to call it fall recap will be discussed in our end of year kind of baby awards because i think especially a lot of the album talk will probably be the bulk of the the conversation when we do have the probably baby awards. so probably because there actually was a lot of music released this year it's been oh, a really certainly was it's been a really weird year like i mean this year's felt like four years so um, I think I think if we were to sit down and like really write down all the stuff that happened, there probably is a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of albums, a lot of music, a lot of moments. It's just this year is so weird that I can't tell you what happened a month ago versus what happened five months ago. Like I can't even tell the difference anymore. Right. No, I feel you. So <laughs> but why don't we just go ahead and, and get into this Busta Rhymes album? Um, yeah, yeah. Man, let me actually look up his discography real quick. I should have done this. Mm. ahead of time i'm trying to figure out which album this is for Buster. oh wait it says it right here this is uh, his 10th studio album nice and this is released october 30th of this year so we've had a full month and some change to listen to it so you know this isn't just a, a hot take um though i think we'll be discussing some of the hot takes when we talk about our analysis of this album for sure for sure so uh i guess let's just start off with um i don't know what's your take on the critical reception of this album in terms of like you know i have my i, I have my thoughts and in, in, in ideas about why we're discussing it but what's kind of your take as to why this is an album that we should be discussing right now given that most Man. of the albums that we discussed came out you know 20 years ago so i almost feel like there's two there's two uh, there's a, a part a of your question and a part b of your question so the part no. a the part b of your question i'll answer first right which is the the you know 
why should we discuss this? We don't normally do album reviews. Um, you know, it's not kind of the bread and butter of our show. We usually yeah. talk about albums that came out 20 years ago. We've we, we done, this will be the second one this year though, because we did the, the, the um, Jay Electronica and Jay-Z as true, well. True, 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 yeah. 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 But, 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 um, but yeah, we don't do it often. Right, and, and you know, but this is an album from an artist that is a golden era hip hop artist. Um, so, exactly. you know, his, he, he he fits squarely in that you know that time frame of albums that we normally discuss. He's an artist yes. that we mention a lot, and the aesthetic of this album fits the aesthetic of albums that we typically discuss. And I think you know that so. that that, that kind of leads into you know the 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 second uh, you know kind of part of or first part of your question, which is like you know this is an album that even though it came out in 2020. If it would have come out in 2005 or it would have come out in 1998, not to say that it sounds like those those things, mm -hmm. but it still it still works for for kind of all of those times. And um, I agree. And, and I think when we talk about, you know, again, kind of the critical reception, I think that's something that people talk about a lot here. And depending on their perspective, that's either a good or a bad thing. Um, right. You know, if you like this aesthetic and you like this time frame. I've heard people say that this is the album of the year. It's the greatest album. It's amazing. I've heard even people say that this was the greatest album of the decade, which I think is that's not true. That, none of those that, none of those statements are true. I think that's hyperbolic. Opinion. But but you know it, you know I, if if that's your aesthetic, this album right. is very very good in that aesthetic. Um, mm -hmm. I've also heard people who this particular aesthetic of music is not their thing, and they've right. said you know. This album sucks. I don't know why people <laughs> like it. Um, you know, Definitely I've heard folks, suck. I've heard hot takes of like, you know, the, to, to the opposite or to the contrary of like, yeah, this album is is boring. It's not good. I don't know why everybody's talking about it so much. So mm -hmm. I would say that this album is polarizing, but I would caveat that with everything now is polarizing because yes. as we've said, we listen to everything twice, if that. Um, and then we say that it's amazing or it's trash and we never revisit right. it again. And I think that exactly. the media cycle around this has been that. What has, have, have you heard? So we teased this a little bit before the show, before the opener. Uh, but we're going to or I'm going to at least discuss our buddy Panama, good friend <laughs> and family member of this podcast who Fact. I actually tried to get on the show today. He wasn't able to do it, um, but he would have been a great person to discuss this album with yes. because he and I spoke about this album a little bit. And basically what he said was like, it's not that it's bad. Um, it's not that it's not good. But the way that people speak hyperbolically about it, yeah. I think kind of rubbed him the wrong way. And I'm speaking yeah. for him. So whenever he gets a chance to come on here and speak for himself, he will do that. And matter of fact, we should probably uh, uh, plug his podcast a little bit because he actually yeah. has a podcast where he talks a lot about music. It's um. Facts. Is it is it past the peas? Is that what it is? Yeah, the past the peas podcast. Mm -hmm. um, look up look up Panama. He's got several podcasts, and he'll he'll talk about a lot of this music stuff. So if you like our take and you want to hear his take as well, you can just go to the the outlets to find him there. Um, but that being said, I think that you know, like you said, we live in this hyperbolic age, um, and I think that because so many people were, were were praising this album, that he kind of was like, well, you know, it's not that great, um, mm -hmm. but. His ultimate point was that the throwback appeal, the pro throwback aesthetic, rather, he mm -hmm. thought that um, the game, the documentary too from the game, he thought he thought did a better job of that. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember that was his take on that. Yeah. I, I think for me, 
the reason why this is such a good album to discuss um, is because of the hyperbolic reaction and yeah. why the hyperbolic reaction is there. And on to some extent, it is just because we do live in this very polarizing time um, for the mm -hmm. past five years. This has kind of been the trend of music. Um, we do live in this very hyperbolic age, you know, with Twitter and social media. No, I'm the biggest fan of this artist ever, which is why you have entities like the Beehive, right? Like, because it's like, no, like we're all trying to compete to be the biggest Beyonce fan, right. whatever, right? It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I think that this album suffers from that same trend. Yeah. That being said, though, I do think that the reason why this album connected with a lot of the people from that throwback aesthetic, if you will, is because mm -hmm. this sounds refreshing. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, there's so mm -hmm. many things about this album that were just refreshing that even mm -hmm. when I listen to it now, because I listened, I had this on repeat when it first came out. And right. then I kind of let it sit for a little bit. I go back now and I'm like, OK, it's good. It's not amazing. But like, uh -huh. this is a very good album. Um, but even but like I recognize the things that I liked about this album, which it just feels so refreshing. So let me ask an outlaw question. Right. Um, Go ahead. So, you know, the, this this being that it is refreshing, but throwback at the same time. Sure. Does this do something in the genre that hasn't been done before? I don't think so. No. I do not. Yeah, because um, I think that's the that's the, the the interesting piece of it, right? Is like it's refreshing to our sensibilities because, you know, it's like they say, right, it's easier to relearn something than to learn something for the first time, right? right? When you hear something that sounds familiar to you, then there's a certain feeling of that familiarity and nostalgia that you get from it, right? Yeah. But then at the same time, if you if you divorce yourself and detach yourself from that nostalgia feel, I think that's where the real assessment of how good this is as a piece of art really comes in. And I and, and I don't know, you know, I don't know that 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 that's Panama's kind of take. But I think that, you know, it would be interesting to hear someone kind of argue the the whether or not this is dope if you divorce it from what's already been done in the in the genre uh, versus it, you know, being a period piece. What would have been something that hadn't been done that had been an introduction is when you take the throwback aesthetic, but you really kind of blend it in with the modern sound, which, OK, mm -hmm. he's done here, but other other artists have done it before yeah. he's done it. And I think that maybe you could take it a step beyond. I mean, to be yeah. honest, he's got an artist on on this record that, that's featured on this record that I think does this better than anybody else in the game today. That's why he's one of my favorite artists. We talk about him all the time, and that's Anderson Park. Yes. Right? Like Anderson Park is somebody yes. who appeals to the throwback aesthetic, yes. but also sounds very modern. And mm -hmm. like he's a he's a person who moves the needle forward. Like he yes. is he is setting the trend for like the modern sound as well. Right. While also appealing to our aesthetic. Agree wholeheartedly. And I think his I think his production uh, on that song is mm -hmm. the record, in my opinion, that moves the needle the most out of all the records here in terms of I think production. that's fair, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So but but look, this is a good album. And I think yes. that if you are someone who likes to listen to the modern sound, I think that you can still listen to this album and take thing take some things from it and yeah. appreciate some things from it. Yeah. So from that perspective, I think that this is, uh, you know, this is a successful project. Right. He succeeds in in staying relevant. Um, he delivers here on on his promise to us, while also I think, you know, uh, delivering a product for the youth or for the, for the you know the, the younger ears. I didn't articulate right. that well, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's given us something that hasn't. That he's giving us something new that hip hop doesn't necessarily already have before. 
But still, I mean, I think that's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, I think that between yeah. Anderson Park and Kendrick Lamar, like I'm not sure who else can really do it. And and you know, the, consistently. The, the reason I ask that question and the reason I call it an outlaw question, right, is uh, a lot of times when we make an album a classic, right, um, you know, you and I will have very different approaches to to how we make the album a classic, yes, we right? Do. Yes, we and, do. And, and at times, you know, I will kind of say, okay, you know, I, I'll create kind of a bread and butter. I like Buster Rhymes. So this is an album yeah. that would be like Buster Rhymes, you know? And so right. I like these 10 songs that are already there. I add a couple more people and boom, we're, we're ready to go, right? And in your mind, you say, well, I would actually prefer if Buster Rhymes challenged himself and challenged the genre yes. by trying to like create to something big. that isn't there, right? So, and, and so that's the reason why I'm asking the question because I think, yeah. I think you can kind of divorce those two concepts, right? Something can be good and still not be transcendent or, yes. you know, revolutionary. And then yes. something can be revolutionary or transcendent and not be good. So, you know, mm -hmm. you can do both of those things. You can do one or the other. So that's the reason why I was asking the question. Yeah, I think that Busta Rhymes as a vocal talent actually probably does some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not surprising to us because we know how technically proficient he is as right. a hip hop vocalist. Right. But I think that if some people are less familiar with Busta Rhymes, to hear this old ass man <laughs> deliver on some of these beats, on some of this production, like the Anderson Pac, um, um, the Anderson Pac beat, mm -hmm. then you can be like, oh wow, like that is something like I, I didn't know that people could could rap like Busta right. can rap. You know right. what I mean? But yep. as an album, as the as as an album on the whole. No, I don't think he's necessarily doing anything new. But I mean, look, mm -hmm. you know, this is an album that I've been looking for or, or looking forward to for at least two years. I think yes. that I have Busta Rhymes as my, it, it was either in 2020 or 2019, the out, the artist that I'm looking forward to the most. I think yeah, I, 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 I think remember I said, you saying that. I think I said when we did the 2019 Baby Awards, that 2020, I was most looking forward to Busta Rhymes. Yeah, it was, it was, it was one of the last two years you did say that. Yes. Um, and so from that perspective, um, he delivers in the fact that I'm not disappointed, mm -hmm. but did he deliver in the sense that I'm like, oh my God, like this has changed my life? No, he mm -hmm. is not. And yeah. that's fine. Uh, yeah. it's, it's fine. Um, because Buster Rhymes has never been that guy for me. Um, mm. so for him to do that now, it's just like, wow. Uh, you know, but nevertheless, I'm still, I'm still very happy with this album. You know, you know, and I don't know if, if we're, I'm jumping the gun and we're talking, you know, about stuff that we're supposed to be talking about in the future. Look, let's just talk. Let's but, just talk. Let's go. But, you know, I, I actually agree and disagree with you in that, of right? Course. Like, Always. I, I don't think that this is like, like musically, I don't think it's done something that I've, ne I've never heard before. Oh my God. Like right. this changes the way, right. like the blueprint changed the way people listen to music, right? Like, yes. Or, or hip hop music. I don't know that this necessarily does that at, at all. But at the mm -hmm. same time, what I will say about this album, and 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 I really really love it. Not to do the whole you know African child all, all this thing that that I do sometimes, where it's like I'm just so happy that this guy made this. I'm really happy that this guy made this. And from the perspective yeah. of yeah. Buster Rhymes is a is an executive now, so you know Buster Rhymes has has several artists signed to him. One of them being Ot Genesis, who is a, a very successful artist now. And so as a result of that, Buster Rhymes. Right. So as, as a result of that, Buster Rhymes is able to to have a platform that a lot of people in his his age range uh, um, d d does not have. He um, he's involved in battle culture and, you know, he he helps, you know, put on a lot of these these, you know, battle rap uh, things that, that that go on. He's very, very relevant for his time frame. Um, and he has a platform that a lot of folks that don't have. And so he's able to make 
a record that has the aesthetic that we say we love so much. Yeah. But at the same time, this album has five or ten music videos. It has mm -hmm. it has a Jackson Five sample in it. Like you yeah. and I are people who know enough about music to know how much motherfucking money that must have cost yes. to clear yeah. a Michael Jackson sample, right? Like yeah. this is a big budget album, and so yeah. for for someone to be putting this much time, attention, and money behind an album that has this type of aesthetic, we need yes. this to succeed. We need to yes. back this because we want more of this. Yes, we do. And to piggyback off of that point, yeah. you know, the, like we said at the start of the show, we do not always review albums that just came out, right? Um, and we probably should do a better job of reviewing modern releases from classic hip-hop golden era artists right mm -hmm. but we don't because oftentimes those artists don't deliver at least enough for us to warrant an entire episode of discussion but Busta yeah. Rhymes has done that here yeah I think he deserves the credit for that he deserves the praise for that for so sure. that's just the you know piggyback off of that point um because look who is it Public Enemy came out with an album this year did you know yeah. that I didn't even did know listen that. to it uh-uh, I did not. So I only listened to parts of this album because their songs were popping up on my release radar from Spotify, okay. which I listen to every single week. I always listen to my Discover Weekly and my release radar. I do it every single week. Mm -hmm. And they had an album that came out like in the spring. Is Flav on the album? Flavor Flav is on the album. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is. Like, and like, to be honest, it's like cute. You know, it's like, I was like, <laughs> all right, cool, you know. But like, you know, nobody really needed to hear it. Gotcha. Um, and, and I don't mean that as any disrespect to Public Enemy, right? Mm -hmm. Because th those those gentlemen have contributed so much to hip hop culture that yes. for me to even say what I just said is is disrespect. <laughs> but nevertheless, though, but nevertheless, let's be real. Like, I you, get what you're saying. You like Public Enemy and you didn't even know they had that album come out. And to be right. honest, I don't think your life is different one way or the other, having right. heard that album or not, right. is my point. Mm -hmm. So given that, just to emphasize again, like the fact that he delivers um, and the fact that, you know, we have this conversation, I, I think is a good one. So it's a testament to just how talented he is as an artist and Fact. how important he is as well. Yep. So should we so, get into some of the uh, the highlights and lowlights of this album yeah, if you, you want to do that? Let's do that. So let's let's start with the... Uh, what do you want to start? Let's start with the highlights. Why not? Okay. Yeah, let's start with the highlights. Uh, overarching highlights. The production, particularly from Knott's. Yes. Oh, man, Knott's. Knott's. Nas comes through here. And look, if you're a fan of Busta Rhymes, um, especially on an album that is entitled Extinction Level Event, you have to have Nas featured yes. on this, right? Yep. And Nas comes back and he he delivers. Um, yeah, Nas is great on here. I yeah. thought Scratch was good on here. I thought DJ Premier was good on here. Um, yeah, he, I think he's got some good production. Not all of the pre production was good, yeah. but I, you know, Pac was, Anderson Pac was good on here. Um, I already said DJ Scratch. I think, um, who was the other one? What's the one with the Focus the ARM, the track that Q-Tip is featured on? Uh, that's a good beat. So I think he's got some good production on here. Yeah, I would say uh, to piggyback on that, I really like the fact that Knotts was kind of able to helm this record. Yes, um, he I think he's, he's on like five or six tracks. Right. Like I, I think he's like, he's almost like the co-executive producer of this record. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like Knotts is somebody who's been so consistently performing at this level that you know again i'm happy that he gets this platform to be able to showcase his production because he's very he's he's amazing i mean we've talked about him Look, before 757 represent i'm not Fact. from the 757 but you know and when we're when we're talking virginia politics i could beef with 757 all day but <laughs> but 
You know, at the end of the day, when it's not Virginia politics and it's American politics, I rep for Virginia and 757. So there it is. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, to piggyback on your point, I think the production is great here. I think the production even is so great here that I'll say the production trumps Busta Rhymes a bit um, on the album, which, which we can talk about okay. a little bit later. Um, but... Okay. From Focus to Rock Wilder, uh, Ninth Wonder has an amazing beat on here. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I like, let's say, 85% of the production here. And I think that it's very, very, very good. Um, mm. Even to see names like Rock Wilder that I haven't seen in, in forever. High Tech right. is another name I haven't seen in a while. Even Scratch is a name I haven't seen in a while. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. and, you know, these folks are contributing really, really dope productions. And I, I think, mm. you know, I can't speak enough about how great the production is on this album. Yeah, I mean that that high tech uh, production has a Terrace Martin uh, yeah. in there as well, so yep, yep. that's a big deal. West Side. The other highlights for me, overarching, would just be some of the vocal features. I mean, mm -hmm. Rock Kim delivers on here. Q Tip yes. delivers on here. Yes. Rick Ross, Anderson Pac, Rhapsody again. Yep. Look, yep. do we need to have a separate conversation about the fact that Rhapsody is good now? Because 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 I haven't always thought that she was good. Right? Well, I didn't. I came on this podcast and apologized and talked about right. how amazing her last album was. So I think I think we've a, we've we've come around on on Rhapsody. But here's right? the thing: there's, there's a difference between apologizing for one album being good, mm. and there's also then acknowledging the fact that everything she's done since that album has also been good. Yeah, I guess in 2020, if you put a whole good album together, I I, I feel like I'm I'm already I've turned around on you because it's it's just really difficult to put an album together. You. And I mean, you have to actually want to put out an album in an age of singles. So, but you're right, you're right. This is uh, she's dope on her. What I will say about Rhapsody is before, if she was featured on a track, I didn't care. If mm -hmm. she's featured on a track now, I'll be like, oh, okay, let me see what she has to say. Yeah. Like, and coming from me. That may not sound like a big compliment, but trust me, that's a big fucking compliment. It is a big compliment from Outlaw, for sure. <laughs> um, the other good feature on here, obviously, Kendrick Delivers and Mary J. Mm -hmm. Mary J yeah. was good on this as well. I like yeah, it. So, I, thought, I thought Nikki Greer sounded, uh, sounded she, amazing. She was good, too. Her, her, good too, her yeah. voice was great. Anderson Pac was great, obviously. He's, all, he's always great. Um, so yeah, agreed. Uh, all the features. Rakim was was amazing on here. but Not all the features, but most of the features. Most of the features, yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing I appreciated too was Chris Rock, because really? if you are a fan, yeah, because if you're a fan of of this extinction level event era of hip hop from Busta Rhymes, mm -hmm. then you have to appreciate like Chris Rock coming back because Chris Rock was featured on a number of these late '90s hip hop projects, right. just talking shit. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, I he had an entire album called What Was It Like? Um, uh, uh, the with no, the no sex no in the sex champagne, champagne room, room just talking shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so to have Chris Rock, even though like some of his babble isn't good on here, I yeah, don't that, care. Like the fact that he's on here, I'm like, it's cool. That's what I wanted it's to cool. say. Like, I, I felt like, and I, that's why I put it as a mud light, right? Like I that's thought funny. he, I, I love the fact that he's Chris Rock. So I hear his voice. I know his voice. Um, you know, that that's exciting. Um, I think that he just was babbling about bullshit. It started to get annoying. And I that's feel nice. like a, a great example of, doing that well is pain in the ass, right? Yeah. Every time pain in the ass comes on, he's he's saying bullshit, but he's doing it in a way that like, those are memorable skits. I don't remember mm -hmm. anything Chris Rock said because he was just annoying. And so I think it could have been more focused. I feel like Chris Rock could have written down what he was going to say and then like, say, like actually fair. said something that aligned a little better. But that's just my personal opinion. Do you have any other overarching highlights? 
Uh, let me think. Um, I, I mean, I, I said this before, but but the budget, just you know, yeah. the fact that they that they spent so much money on music videos and on production and you know on the features and the clearance of the samples and all of those things, uh, is a highlight. And then, you know, lastly, like, you know, just Busta Rhymes uh, as yeah. a as an executive producer, um, you know, mm-hmm. bringing all these people together. I mean, he even produces some of the songs on here. Right. So yeah. so yeah. this is obviously his vision. And I think he executes his vision very well. Um, and I think, you know, Busta Rhymes as a as a, a lyricist from a flow perspective, um, I yes. think a, a lot of folks in this you know newer age where the production has kind of changed and et cetera, um, their flows haven't really been able to kind of adapt to to the change. And I right. feel like Busta's one of the few people in this era who, you know, because his his flow was kind of so ahead of its time, it's just right. kind of timeless. And he's able to yes. flow in and out of any type of production and, and it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so I, my yeah I, I can't even add to that. I think that that's well said. Um, should we get into some of these uh, track for track highlights? Yeah, let's do it. So... I'm just going to list the songs that I really, really, really like. Okay. And then we can talk about whatever we want in depth as it gets to that. Um, but the tracks mm-hmm. that I really, really, really like, um, I really like The Purge, even though it's like it's a real quick, like minute and a half beat from Swiss Beats. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of like that kind of intro energy into the album. Okay. Um, the ELE2 intro, there, there are things that I really like about it. I mean, I I love Rakim's feature and mm-hmm. I love the transition into yes. uh, Whose World Is This, especially right, the world is yours. given like, especially like uh, The World Is Yours, right? Yeah. Um, especially given the nature of the song and when you yeah. talk about like, you know, the dominion of the world and who it belongs to and the mm-hmm. extinction level event, like, okay, right. like I, I think that that was really, really good. Yeah. The, there's also things, some things about the song that I, I don't like this, which don't make it a highlight for me. I mean, I think that the Agreed. the whole little intro talking about like, you know, it's the end of the world and it's like, it's too long. So it's just like, ah. so yeah. it's hard to Agreed. call the entire song for me a highlight, but there's things about the song yeah. that are a highlight. Um, another highlight song for me would be the the slow, fo- slow flow mm-hmm. with um, with the old Dirty Bastard feature. And of <laughs> course, it's it's him speaking some random shit. And then it's got his vocal feature from... Um, Brooklyn Zoo, yeah. which is probably one of my favorite old Dirty Bastard songs. Yes, but then the production from Nod, Nuts, right, and the fact that in terms of the baseline, like if you have an ODB feature, obviously in terms of music, you're going to think about RZA. In terms of that baseline, that's a RZA baseline, <laughs> and Nuts gets that perfectly. So for that is definitely a highlight for me. So the song is a highlight. Nuts's production on it is a highlight. The use of Old Dirty Bastard on there is a highlight. Like I love that song, and then yep. to follow that up with Don't Go featuring Q-Tip. I love I love this I love this beat. I love the melody on it. I love Q-Tip's performance like you know when we were talking about Q-Tip. I think it was one of the Tricall Quest episodes and you were saying how like oh, you know, there used to be discussions where people talk about Q-Tip top 10. And we're having this <laughs> discussion 20 years later and we're like, yeah, that's not a discussion that we ever right. should have had. Right. right? But like I'm not saying that this verse is amazing, but like his appearance, like his his energy on this track reminds me that like you know q-tip is dope as hell like mm-hmm. there's just something about his personality and the fact that like what he has to say is important even if like he's kind of like i don't want to say basic but like he's mm-hmm. he's kind of he's not too complex he, he's kind of simple like he keeps it he yeah. keeps it you know very very in his lane but like uh-huh. i don't know it's just it's a good track to feature him on um 
Mm. So I, I I like that. Uh, the True Indeed, the uh, the premier produced True Indeed is a beat that I that I really love. I can't say too much thing great things about it. Just that I, I really love the beat. I like Busta Rhymes' performance on it. Um, and then you know Rick Ross, the uh, the master Fard Muhammad, um, Rick Ross doing Rick Ross things. I thought was really really good. That's a highlight for me. The only other highlight I will say, maybe we could talk about the Anderson Pac U. But the um, you know, this Michael Jackson sample on the uh, the look over your shoulder, um, the fact that like Kendrick L- Lamar comes on here and kills it, in my opinion, like I think I think he's dope. The fact that like Busta Rhymes doesn't let Kendrick Lamar murder him on his own shit, like what Busta Rhymes is doing phonetically in this song is like fucking incredible. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like his his flow, his just delivery is like impeccable on this track. Um, so those are like some of the track track things that are that are highlights for me and there's some other things that we could talk about you know if we want to go into an actual track for track but those are probably some of the standout tracks for me what uh what do you have um so i kind of have like a couple of runs which which i i love when i when i've got runs on an album um so for me i'm uh, to be totally honest i agree with you about the ele2 intro like like down to the way you broke it down, right? Like, right. It, it, you know, the Chris Rock part and the beginning part just kind of drones on and on. And then you get to right. this beautiful track at the end that's really talking about something. And the production mm-hmm. is great. And, you know, you get you get that Pete Rock's, um, you know, sample and everything. Really, uh, you know, enjoyed that. So I kind of have mixed feelings about the first song. And I feel like I kind of have mixed feelings about how the album starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, because... <laughs> I'm trying to think of how I want to say this, but go ahead, say. It. I don't, I don't know that I ever bought into the concept of the album, and I don't know that, that Buster Rhymes ever bought into the concept either. So yeah. like, it's it's a little spotty. Like it's like you know, at times it's like, oh, the world is ending, and then at times mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's ending because they're trying to feminize black men, and then it's like, oh, well, it's <laughs> ending because you know people can't rap anymore, and these whack MCs nowadays, and then it's like. I'm like okay, wh- like yeah. what, like why is it? What it, what is the mission statement of this album? What, yeah. Or is it just that everything sucks, right? Look, that's one of my lowlights about the album. Yeah, but we, we haven't gotten to that yet. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I didn't want to. I didn't want <laughs> no, to that. But you're but you know, so as a result of that, I think the intro is a perfect example of like my kind of mixed feelings about parts of it. And the album kind of starts a little rocky that way for me, just because I never really bought into the thematics. So I feel like. Uh, Track six is where the album really starts for me, where I really kind of get okay. bought in, yeah. and I think I think it's it's interesting because of what we kind of talked about with uh, with the Jay Electronica album, right? We had a Farrakhan right. intro, and it was like uh, we kind of don't really care what Farrakhan has to say here. Like we get that uh, this means something to Jay Electronica, but it doesn't really mean anything to us. Um, mm-hmm. And I think here I actually liked what Farrakhan had to say. Look, um, and I, look, let me tell you, look, what he has to say is dangerous. I actually texted a good friend of mine um, and we kind of talk about some of these things. I had never heard this Farrakhan speech, mm-hmm. but I was like, when I heard it, like real talk, the hair on my neck started standing up. I was like, <laughs> right. man, like, and I'm not a Farrakhan guy at all mm-hmm. for a litany of reasons. Doesn't mean I don't respect some of the things he has to say, but like, he's not my guy. Mm-hmm. But like this speech, yeah, I was like, yo, like I, I fucks with it. And my friend it was, was like, I mean, I heard it before. So yeah, but I feel you. It was great, and it was almost like a like a reset button for me. Like like at this yeah. point in time, you know, we went from and again, I don't I don't want to tease the lowlights, but you know, we went from a record that 
I should like, because I love this Bell Biv DeVoe song, but I don't care about this song. And then I'm kind of falling asleep. And then, you know, boom, this this beat drops. You know, Minister Farrakhan, it's, I mean, it's more just instrumentation. Minister Farrakhan's talking, you know, he's, he's saying something I'm really, I'm really jiving with. And, you know, and, and then Busta takes it from there. And, you know, I'm like, wow, okay. Like, this is, this is what I'm looking for. So this is, this is my right. intro if I, if I have to put, you know, the album back right. together. I um, think that that is right. Yeah. And so, and so then from here, I, I get kind of a run, right? So then, so then mm-hmm. Slow Flow comes in. I think, yes. you know, other than you by, by Anderson Pac, this right. to me is the record that does the best job of mixing kind of a newer aesthetic or creative aesthetic yeah, with fair. the boom bap type of aesthetic. Yeah, and we get like, dope, right, the, the, the beat is hot. It's perfect for, you know, Busta is, is, has probably the best lyrical dexterity of any MC ever. He's, he's at least in top three. It's, if, if, he's if, in that conversation. It, it's, you can, it's yeah, you cannot have that conversation without him. So, you know, this Knott's production creates a number of different pockets that Busta can kind of weave in and out of. And it's just perfect, mm-hmm. like, instrumentation for, for, for Busta. And no then doubt. we love ODB. I mean, everybody loves yes, ODB. You. And just to hear his voice, it doesn't even matter that we know the, these lyrics. We've heard this before. Just hearing his, his voice makes the song hotter. So um, mm-hmm. love this record. It's great. It goes into Don't Go. Love Don't Go. We've talked about Focus before. I, I love Focus. He's a West Coast producer. Um, you know, smooths it out really in a really dope way. I don't know that I agree with you entirely about the Q-Tip performance, but I'll say this. It's refreshing from yeah. the perspective of it really made me realize the, these two songs back to back, the ODB joint and the, and the Q-Tip joint, made me realize that I like Busta on songs with other people rapping better than I like Busta on songs with just him rapping. Um, okay. I feel like Busta says a lot and it's really cool the st- how he says the stuff that he says, but he never says anything. And so, That's you know, fair. I can't really listen to a three verse song with Busta because he never tells me anything. And I like when his when when he's sandwiched or juxtaposed with another artist who gives their take on what the song is about. And I think that's what I like so much about this song is that Q-Tip gives me a different perspective on what the song is about. Look, we love Busta Rhymes. We love his catalog, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think Busta Rhymes is one of the few hip hop artists who has a classic catalog without any classic albums. Mm. Because exactly what you're talking about, yeah. right? I remember in 2017, we were thinking about doing the 20 year tribute for um what was the sophomore album the fuck is it the one with disaster the, the strikes I, disaster strikes yeah and i went back to listen to it and i was like oh no nah, i'm not doing it <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right. i was like no nah, i can't yeah I can't. because it's like nah too much of the album is just like <laughs> blah right, you know what i'm saying right. like but but that's why it's because yeah. like there's there's a lot where there's a lot of times where Busta rhymes for as many things as we can praise him for for as yeah. many talents as he has when it comes to some of the artists that we would compare him to in the GOAT conversation, mm-hmm. he is lacking incredibly yeah. in certain areas. And it's it's mostly content. And so, yes. you know, back to this this run, right? The next song in the run, I like. Boom, right? But I really it's like not the video. I, lo- I, like I like the video, too. The video. Yeah, some joints in there, you know. But, the, but I love There's this DJ Scratch. I love this DJ Scratch production. It's very smooth. It aligns with the focus uh, pr- production yep. prior. But, you know... 
again, like Boomp is is a perfect example of of the type of Busta songs that we like, right? right. The beat is smooth, it's dope. He he finds some dope pockets, but his rhymes are like bibbidi bop, hippity hippity dibbity yeah. hop, you know. And it's like, oh, yo, that's yeah. that's ill how he's riding a beat. But like, what is Boomp about? Like like, what does he actually say on this song? I get to the end of the song and I'm like, that sounded good. I don't I didn't yeah. take anything away from it. So yeah. Boomp was like a perfect. You know, it, it showed me that I heard him next to ODB, I heard him next to Q-Tip, and then I heard him by himself again, and I was like, "Wow, another song with no content." Okay, cool. Well, I mean, but, that's why you had to have Flipstar, the hype man of all hype mans, in the I'm video. Like, Yo, I, we had Flipstar and OT Genesis <laughs> in the video. <laughs> but um, I actually really liked that video too. It was like the yeah, the yeah, like yeah. I don't know cabin that's hanging off the side of a cliff, and then he's got like right. chicks in a hot tub or whatever. I liked it. I liked all the videos that I saw for this, and I'll get to the videos when I get to you. But uh, mm-hmm. but boom, I liked. True indeed, I liked. Just because it's just something about making like a golden era aesthetics album. Yeah. When you hear the DJ Premier yes. production, because you always know when you hear a DJ Premier beat, there's just a nostalgia factor to it. And again, that's why you know you and I talked where we talked earlier in the in the podcast about like divorcing the nostalgia feel for for whether something is dope art right Mm -hmm. this dj premiere beat is not any it's not better than the best dj premiere beats right like i can hear something else from dj premiere that's better than this but at the same time just the nostalgia of hearing that aesthetic feels good to me but here's the thing too right like premiere is dope he's one of the goats producers right Mm -hmm. top five for me Mm -hmm. And I remember circa, you know, 2001, 2002, 2003, Premier had kind of fallen off. Um, at least he fell off in our per- perceptions, right? And one of the reasons why is because, you know, Jay-Z comes out with Blueprint. He's mm-hmm. had Premier on every single record prior to that, except for, well, until the Dynasty, because he's not on the Dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. But he was on his first four albums, right? And had good records on those first four albums. That sounds right. But he's not on Blueprint. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really do all that much else. You know, he had the CNN, um, Invincible, Untouchable, whatever. But like, yeah. he kind of fell off. And I think that the reason why he fell off was just because hip hop had kind of moved on without him. But now mm-hmm. that hip hop has moved on without him, he doesn't have to like, he's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to make what I want to make now. And now that we have what we have in music, which is a lot of shit, a lot of dopeness, a lot of innovative, just a lot of whatever, mm-hmm. there is space for him to just give us that nostalgic sound. And that's what mm-hmm. he's doing. That's what he's done here. That's what yeah. he's been doing for the last two or three years. I'm here for it. I like yeah. this record. Yeah, Shit is dope. It's dope. So, you know, my, the run continues. Uh, you know, I enjoyed that. And then the next mm-hmm. song I, I really enjoyed. Um, you know, like you said, I think that you, you had the perfect description. Rick Ross doing Rick Ross things. Um, you know, great. I've said on this podcast, especially on features, especially on yes, features. I love Rick Ross features. I've yeah. said on this podcast and I've said off this podcast that in my mind, if I had to choose an MC that is the most improved MC throughout their career, you know, from early Rick Ross to current Rick Ross, when I see Rick Ross's name on something, I want to hear what he has yeah. to say. And typically, he doesn't disappoint. Here, he doesn't disappoint. The production is right up the lane of 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 what Rick Ross does. I love high tech. I love Terrace Martin. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah this, this record is dope. Yeah, super dope. And then you know leads me into and caps off my run. Uh, you, okay. Anderson Pac. Yeah, great production. Um, I feel like I cheated with this song 
in that, is that we've talked about this before. I don't like visual art to taint how I feel about auditory <laughs> art. And so oh, I man. saw this That's music so video first. And this yeah. music video is incredible. I love this music video. I don't you, okay. you've seen it, right? I have, but only once. I remember okay. not really liking the song the first time I heard it. So in fact, when yeah. this song was released as a single, it was also mm -hmm. released with the vibe vibes cartel track around mm. the same time. And I fucking hated that song. Yeah, like this song didn't do that much for me. Mm. Then when I heard it again in the context of the album, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this song is hot. Yeah. <laughs> I think the song is hot, but you know, I, I maybe you're you're not familiar with um Spy versus Spy. Nah. Okay, that so that's why you didn't think the, the video was was amazing. But Back in the day, well, when we... I, I only saw the video once, really. I actually vaguely remember what the video is. And I'm I'm actually getting images of the video mixed up with the Vibes Cartel video because I saw them okay. like I literally I saw them at the them. same time and I didn't and I didn't go back to revisit them because I didn't care for them. It, if you were familiar with Spy versus Spy, like it would immediately ring off as a concept. Okay. So um so back when we were kids, they used to have Mad Magazine. Did you ever see Mad Magazine with the kid, the funny looking I mean, kid I'm with the big ears? I'm familiar with Mad Magazine, yeah. Okay. So Mad Magazine was like a kid magazine when we were kids. Uh most of it was in black and white there was like some cartoon strips there'd be little articles etc and one of the things that was always in mad magazine was spy versus spy so it was like okay these two spies one of them you know always wore black and the other one always wore white right and so like okay. it would be kind of the like the one from the black side would be like the black side of the street the, everything would be black on that side of the street and everything would be white on the other side of the street and like each of the comic strips would be like one of them getting the best of the other one. So, like, mm. you know, for example, I don't know, it'd be a comic strip where one of them puts a bomb in a mailbox and then he sends a message that the dude needs to open the mailbox and then the, the other spy, the black spy, opens the mailbox and then he blows up and then that's the end. And then the next the next mm. the strip would be like, you know, then the, the, the black one gets the white one and I don't know, he, he slips on a banana peel or something. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, like really yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. goofy, like, ways that, like, the, the one spy kills the other spy and then in the next in the next comic strip the other spy kills the other spy so that's mm. what the that's what the concept of the video was right like Buster Rhymes okay. was was one of the spies and Anderson Pac was the other spy so each time okay. it's like you know I don't know if you remember it's like I don't know uh Buster's playing in a card game and then like he gets he gets a package or something and then he opens a package and there's a bomb in it and then it explodes and then the next scene nah, see I, yeah, I didn't catch any of this but yeah. now I kind of want to go back and watch the video so I mean I, I, if you if you so again right like and I don't know if you have a chance to like go check out Spy vs. Spy just like one of the comic no, strips but I'm gonna so go check out you'll this get video, the concept right? but yeah so if you watch the, the video the fact that it's that concept is really creative like I thought it was really okay. dope even colors wise like they they you know juxtapose the two different colors against each other and everything so Really, okay. really, really dope uh, video. And so I saw that video, and then I heard the song like as 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 a byproduct of that. So I liked the song automatically. And um, but Anderson mm -hmm. Pac is just an amazing artist. I don't know who came up with the spy yeah. versus spy concept, but that's an amazing concept. And I really, really right. like this song. Okay, so that caps your run. So that caps my run, right? And then the next record I get is this Oh No record, and we, we can talk about that when we talk about low lights, mid lights. I I'm I'm fine with oh no. It's not a it's yeah. not a highlight. It's not a low light, but it's it's, you know, it's not it's either for me. Um it's okay. It's it's Buster Rhymes showing me that he can rap on modern day trap production. Cool. Right. Um it sounds like a Dave East song. A lot of people complain about Dave East's songs. Why? Because they're boring and this song is boring. And you know, I love to hear Busta over modern production. Just give me one right. verse showing me that you can do it and bounce out. I, I want this song to be one minute long, and if it was, I would like it.
Okay. That's my. But but anyway, so I I, I didn't I didn't mean to go into that because it's not in my highlights. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that song alone. This is my mud lights. My next song, I like highlight comes from Deep Thought. Okay. To me, that's like the best subject matter on the album. The mm-hmm. beat is just okay to me, but you know, right. I I complain a lot and will complain a lot when we talk more about the fact that Buster Rhymes makes albums that are fairly hollow. Um, I don't really mm-hmm. learn much about Buster Rhymes when I hear Buster Rhymes music. I don't know much about what he thinks. I hear a lot of hippity hop, he you know the making you bounce. You know, it's like he's telling me about the beat. He's telling me about a lot of stuff, but he's not telling me about him. Um, okay. And so, you know, with that criticism in mind, Deep Thought is one of the few songs on this album where I really start to understand about how he feels um, as someone aging in hip hop, as someone who's a father, as someone who is a friend to someone who, who you know, died tragically. Like, these are some things where I actually learned something about Buster Rhymes, and I really like that um, from the perspective of this song. Mm-hmm. No thoughts? No, I don't have anything to add to that. This was another one that I thought was, I thought it was a good track. Yeah. But I didn't really have, nothing really stood out for me like the way that it stood out for you. So I'm glad you had yeah. that take on it. But this was a song uh-huh. that I liked. I will say maybe it also meant more to me from the perspective of I saw him on Drink Champs. Um, okay. and, and on Drink Champs, you know, he was talking with Nori. Both of them were Violator uh, artists. So they yeah, both were yeah, managed by Chris Lighty. And so, you know, on on that uh, podcast, Nori called out, because he does this from time to time for people who were around Chris Lighty before he died. He said, you know, do you really believe that Chris Lighty killed himself or do you think that there was foul play? And then Busta, you know, got into like this whole conversation about, yo, you know, I knew Chris Lighty better than most people. And I saw a lot of dark sides to him that a lot of other people didn't see. And so while I feel what you're saying that you might think foul play was there, there's also a chance that he actually really did commit suicide. So mm-hmm. there's there's so much to that story of him as a friend to Chris Lighty that it was dope right. to hear him like kind of try to talk about it a little bit on on a song. Okay. Um, so, you know, I like the young God speaks it's, it's, it's short, but I thought it was kind of cool how he weaved together the beat from deep thought into uh, the look over your shoulder. I'm glad that it's an interlude so I can actually skip it when I just want to hear the actual (laughs) song itself. Well, I only say that because Uh the first time I heard this song was, I think like the night before or like the Tuesday before this album was being released, they Mm -hmm. had the video for it. Okay. So to hear this whole thing and then you finally get like a like a minute and a half into it, whatever, and then you finally get to hear Kendrick, it's like, you know, I'm yeah. glad that they, they separate it in a way that if I just want to go into the song, I can do that. So, yeah. yeah. So look over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's a highlight and it's a mud light. All right. It's a highlight from the perspective of it's a great song. Um, yeah. I love the production. The, the strings are beautiful. The sample is beautiful. Um, you can't go wrong with Michael, just period. Um, real quick this Mm -hmm. is a song that I find like I find myself just like you know going throughout my day Mm -hmm. and having this song like in my head sometimes so that it's and and I think for good reasons not for bad reasons sometimes you have bad songs stuck in your head that's not what's going on here yeah Yeah. I think now it's becoming a metal light for this reason I hate modern day promotion of music Um, I recently bought a car um, you know, when you buy a car, they try to force serious satellite radio on you, right? So you get a new car and satellite radio's in that joint. And then they start begging you to, to sign up for satellite radio. And you're like, yo, kick rocks. I'm not, I'm not buying that right. shit. You guys are going out of business sure? in three months. So relax. Yeah, 
exactly. So, you know, every time I get in the car, um, Sirius is on. Um, and it, typically, I mean, there's only like, what, two or three hip hop stations on Sirius. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a hip hop station. Every time I get in my car, this song is on. Oh, really? uh, look over your shoulder. And and it annoys me because I feel like, and you know my taste, I typically am somebody who gravitates to album cuts. I don't really like yeah. big singles as much, especially over time. Yeah. This is a great album cut to me, like an it amazing is. album cut. It this is. is not a great single. And All right, it, but hold on, hold okay. on. I'm going to cut you off before you even get to finish your point, right? Like, don't I don't know why you're doing radio. that, but that's fine. I know, but don't, uh -huh. but don't we bemoan radio for putting on trash and garbage? Don't we want yes. the radio to play the good shit? Yeah. Uh, all right. So here's a, a, another good example, right? Um, Give It To Me by Jay-Z. We've both talked about how all that's right. a great song. Um, We played it so much that, I, you know, I, I when I listen to that album, I don't want to hear that song because I've, I've yeah. heard it too much. All and right, so I, I can still say that, you know, while this is a great album cut, I don't want it to be shoved down my throat every time I, okay. tur I, I turn on my car. And so right. that that's me bemoaning radio and bemoaning promotion. It's not bemoaning the song at all. Um, gotcha. I like this okay. as an album cut and I like what it is. I, I, I almost, I'm almost bemoaning the fact that they have to promote this in the way that they have to. <laughs> um, because again, it's a great album cut. And I think it's kind of sad that just because Kendrick Lamar is on the song and Kendrick Lamar is popular, they have to push it like it's yeah or give it to me or something and it's not okay. so anyway that's just my own personal beef it's a highlight um and i'll, I'll give you know this would be a run if it weren't for you will never find another which i kind of have as a malite okay um and 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 i'll i'll say why um even though I'm, i guess i'm stealing the thunder of it uh this song to me would be a, a, a highlight um, I think the production is dope, and I think it's really dope that the production is a Busta Rhymes production. Yeah, um, I think Mary is good. On Mary that. is amazing on here, and mm -hmm. and it's funny because I at, at times I've criticized Mary as a lyricist. The lyrics, like the the if you write down the words that Mary says, a lot of times I don't I don't like them. But this mm -hmm. particular hook, I think, was really really well written. I like what she's talking about. I like I like everything about it. I think this hook is great. Um. But then Busta Rhymes comes on the song, right? Okay. And he starts doing all this lyrical gymnastics, which is, you know, it's cool. It's cool that you're doing all this ly lyrical gymnastics. But like, you know, this is a very relevant song. The subject matter is very relevant. You are a guy who's been making hip hop music for 30 years. We'll never find another you. That is true. I believe that statement. We will never find another Busta Rhymes ever. So... What is it? What what does that that subject matter mean to you, Busta? Why is it that we'll never find another you? What is unique yeah. about you? What 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 does this subject mean to you personally? Don't give me jiggy jiggy in your bounce, hanging your pounds. Tell me that it's like okay, cool, you did that already. What does this subject matter mean to you? And that bothers me. Mm. Okay, so that's why it's a mother light. Everything about this except Busta is is a highlight. Freedom is another highlight for me. I think Nikki Greer is amazing. The only thing I would say is the beat is a little bare bones for what they're talking about. I feel like if the beat was better, like it was like more lush to match the, the vocal performances, the so social commentary that he's talking about on here is what I want from the rest of the album. So I had mixed thoughts on that. Um, yeah. I agree with what you're saying about Nikki Greer. Mm -hmm. I have issues with 
the subject matter only in the sense that we'll come back to this with my hot with my low lights okay but with this song in particular i remember Mm -hmm. writing down like who are you arguing against right and one a pet peeve that i have and i'm not trying Mm -hmm. to be judgmental or critical okay because i recognize the sentiment like i understand like the perspective of where it comes from but at the same time too i'm like I don't understand why we continue to argue with white folks who don't listen to us. Like, they don't listen to us. Okay. Like, they don't. So, True. like, I agree with you, but you're you're approaching the song from the perspective of someone who's not going to agree with you. Okay. Guess what? Not only are they not going to continue to not agree with you after the song, but they're not even going to listen to your song. <laughs> like, that's that's my kind of thing here. Okay, so, so like for me, I always like to consider the audience of the song, and I'm like, okay. your audience of the song is not so like if you're preaching to the choir, mm-hmm. like the he has the tone, he, his delivery of the song is if like he doesn't like the person that he's that he's speaking to, mm-hmm. but I'm listening to the song, so I'm like, well, I know you're not talking to me, but then I'm like, well, <laughs> who are you talking to? Like, okay, and then and then I just go back to my point and was like, well, of course, of course they don't like you, like, right. no huh. shit, yeah. welcome to planet Earth. White people don't like black people. Like we get it. <laughs> I just feel so like any, you anyway, know. Go ahead. I just feel like it contributes to, and and there are very few songs that actually contribute to what this album is supposed to be about. And so I have to, you know, I have to give him that that you know this is a yeah. song that has subject matter that tells me why it's an extinction level event and the whole world's like okay, wh- yeah. wh- like tell me like yeah. why. I mean, I think he actually even mentions Trump by name on this song, right? Yeah, and I don't um, like. I'm not a big fan of that because yeah. he doesn't need to. Like, I was actually yeah. hoping that he didn't mention Trump at all. Like, mm. like, real quick, real quick tangent mm-hmm. point, right? You know, we are not done with Trump. Even after yeah. Joe Biden gets inaugurated, we will not be done with Trump. Right. The media doesn't want to be done with Trump. Forget his court cases. Forget all the legal troubles he's going to wind up in. Mm-hmm. They love Donald Trump because people are drawn to Don- Don- drawn to Donald Trump. And True. To be honest, it's like I just had to highlight this hypocrisy real fucking quick. Okay. For everybody who hates Donald Trump, you also love Donald Trump because you can't stop fucking speaking his name. <laughs> and maybe you can point out the fact that I'm doing it here. Fine. But I'm saying like the fact that Busta Rhyme, like you don't need to mention Trump. We get it. It's the elephant in the room, but you don't have to talk about it. Yeah. Like don't give him that much power over you that he demands, you know, uh, um, you know, 15 seconds or however long it is in your album. Mm-hmm. When maybe 20 years ago, you were probably talking about like, oh, popping bottles with Trump. And maybe if Busta Rhymes wasn't doing it, everybody like him was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, eh. Anyway, go ahead. I just had the quick little soapbox moment. Go ahead. I feel you. No, that's fair. I don't disagree with you. Um, and then last, lastly, I will say that this is kind of a mudlight and kind of a highlight, but satanic. Um, yeah. I wish this wasn't this wasn't called satanic because I, I just I don't really see myself listening to a song called satanic and I don't see most people wanting to listen to a song called satanic regardless yeah. of what it's about. But um, I almost think that this should have been like song two, like if he had just shortened it and made it like you know like take off the well, all this stuff going on with Chris Rock at the end. I'm sorry, it just didn't really do yeah. anything for me. But like this song is like Busta actually talking about his perspective and why he mm-hmm. thinks we're at the end of the world and etc. Like, I just feel like until the last two songs, I didn't understand why this was an extinction level event. Like it was yeah. like, Oh my God, at the end of the world. And it was like, hippity hop, hippity, hippity, hippity hop. And I'm like, okay, well, what, why are we at the end of the world? I don't get it. And then the last two songs, it's like, oh yeah, but, but you know, things are really bad and, and people worship the devil. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. Now right. I get why you think it's the end of the world. So like, 
I feel like those two records are, are highlights from that perspective is that they really talk about how Busta sees the world and it makes me understand him better. So real quick, before I get into my overarching lowlights, um, I just want to mention something. And this is a lowlight. This is the point in which Chris Rock becomes tiresome to me. Yes. Oh. And at this point, I'm curious if he actually got paid for his features <laughs> on the album or if I'm he just sure he wanted did. to just fuck around and just speak. And he was just like, oh, I'm, I'm, you can't fuck with Buster. Let me get on this microphone and just say that you can't fuck with Buster. Right? That's what right. I'm saying. You could tell he didn't like he didn't compose his thoughts or anything. Yeah. He just was saying a bunch of shit and they just put it put it on here. All right. So I want to get into my overarching lowlights and I'm right. going to start with this track. Um, okay. And actually, I'm just going to talk about lowlights in general because yeah. my overarching lowlights are in tune with some of the songs. Like if, if we mm -hmm. just want to talk about songs that are lowlights, just right off the bat. Fine. Dawn and the Boss. The Dawn and the Boss with the uh, Vibes Cartel. No, yeah. thank you. The shit with Mar Mariah Carey. Everybody knows it's yes. fucking trash and doesn't belong in the album. Right. <laughs> um, there's a few other ones that are low lights, but like those are the main two that are just mm -hmm. like, yeah, these are bad. Right. All right. So we're going to get those out of the way. Cool. Okay. I think that, you know, I do like this album. I'm, I'm glad it exists. Um, I enjoyed listening to it. I'll probably revisit it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but there are a lot of things that are kind of like annoying about this project, even though I think ultimately it is good. Okay. And I think the, what is clear to me as someone who likes to look at a lot of little pieces of information and for my own conclusions, and I'm convinced that I'm right about my conclusions, or at least that yes, I'm, you always are. It's, it's, or, or at least convinced <laughs> that I'm like, well, there's a good reason for me to have this conclusion is that this is obviously a project that Busta Rhymes has been working on for a long time. Yes. Right. Because I, I heard about uh fat Joe talk about how he's got the album of the year in 2018. Fat Joe said this, this right? album was, was he started promoting it in 2014. So, yeah. Okay. So it is very <laughs> clear that this was something that was constantly evolving around the way. And there yeah. are large pockets of this album that you could tell had nothing to do with extinction level event <laughs> that he decided to take the ongoings of 2020 and then package them on at the end of this to make everything seem like it's all one thing. Huh. Right. Okay. When in actuality, I, I don't think it is. And to be honest, it's like, the extinction level event things for as much as I appreciate it and respect it because of the original, mm. that's kind of like what gets in the way of this album yet, yet it's also what the album needed at the same time, which is kind of like, um, it's kind of like a, a dilemma, like a catch 22. I agree with you so much. And it's but, funny because I even had that as a melee, right? Like I was like, like, for example, what you're saying with freedom, it's, I right. agree with you wholeheartedly. It's almost like, he realized 20 songs in that he didn't talk about like anything relevant to 2020. And so he was yeah. like, let me like just hurry up and put a song out that actually is also talking about what's happening today. So I agree with you. Yeah. But I mean, you get on tracks like Satanic, right? And I think mm -hmm. that, first of all, you know, I think there's a reason why as much as we love Busta Rhymes, he often doesn't talk about much because I don't think he's really good at it. Um, mm -hmm. On this track in particular. Okay. You know, I think he's very overbearing. He's very judgmental. Even if he's right, he doesn't do a good job of delivering that. Whereas, like, I think Nas is someone who actually is very good at being judgmental, but also sounding sympathetic and empathetic at the same time. Buster Rhymes doesn't do a good job here. Like, he really sounds like, fuck all you people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. You're all <laughs> heathens and Gentiles. And you're all gay. And this, that, and the other. Like, you, you, it's... You, 
it's it's not good. You do know he's a five percenter, right? He's not like a. Is he a five percenter? Yeah. yeah I'm, so, look, I'm speaking so he, very very hyperbolically, but like, <laughs> right, right. He de- my my point is, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to criticize him here so mm-hmm. much as I just don't I don't think he does it well. Like, there's other yeah. artists who do it well. I think you, you know what I mean. A, like, I think you make a good point. I think you make a good like point. You, and maybe maybe he's playing to his strengths throughout most of the album as a result, of, and that's the result. Uh, maybe that, yeah. That you get but I mean, like, if you want to. If you want to talk about like a five percenter who does it well, or at least someone who does five percent of rap well, I mean Method Man on Wu Tang Forever, like come or like Jizza, mm-hmm. you know. I, I mean, obviously it's a low hanging fruit talking about like Wu Tang people, but I'm saying like <laughs> they do that shit well. Like I don't think yeah. Busta Rhymes does it well, yeah. at least not on this project. Yeah. The other thing too is it like the whole idea of the extinction level event too. <laughs> Why are you saying two? It's so like absurd and it's kind of like distracting. Like you don't need yeah. to say extinction level yeah. event. Two with it, the emphasis is on the two. What that, are you doing? It's hilarious that you say that too, because you know, in extinction level events and a lot of his other albums, right? Like he supposedly was like prophesying the end of the world and telling us right. about how everything was going to end. So now yeah. we're he, you know, we're fifteen years later or twenty years later or whatever, and he's telling us that like. You know, but the world's gonna end too again. Yeah, it's like, but exactly. but it, but it didn't end last time though, bro. Like, right. so, so what are we doing here? <laughs> I will say though, in line with what my I guess critique would be in terms of Busta Rhymes and his message, because I don't mm-hmm. think he delivers the extinction level event messaging well. Mm-hmm. Like, he it's very easy to listen to what he's saying, be like, well, I don't necessarily have to agree with you, or you're really yeah. you're really like sounding too judgmental. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there's other artists, like I mentioned Nas, who are like, even if you don't really like Nas, like, you can't help but listen to, like, something he has to say and be like, well, you know, you have a point. Right. You know what I mean? Like, with Busta Rhymes, it's kind of like, well, I mean, yeah, but you sound like an asshole. Like, you sound yeah. like a dick. But I will say, mm-hmm. and this this might be very controversial, but the one line that he delivers that I do agree with comes on Extinction Level Event 2, Wrath of God, where he said we fucked around and made the emasculation of man cool. I do (laughs) think that that's the thing. And I know a lot of my more progressive friends don't want to hear that shit. Mm. And they think that I'm making things up. But I will say this, right? I will say that, you know, there there are times that I will hear from certain friends who come from a certain perspective that while I understand and I hear where they're coming from, I don't always agree. But I will I will caveat with the concession of the fact that, you know, I don't know what it is like to grow up and live in your and see the world from your circumstance, from your mm-hmm. perspective. I don't know what it's like to see things the way you see things. And so, like, you have a fair point, even if I disagree, like, I'm going mm-hmm. to respect this opinion. Yeah. I know that I have been in circles where I have said things about, like, the emasculation of man, particularly of black man, and mm-hmm. me saying that is being ridiculed. But I will tell you this, if you grow up from that perspective, like, and you see these things, it's like, it is a thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So Buster Rhymes saying this is like, it's the one thing where I'm kind of like, all right, like, yeah, I, I do think we kind of fucked around and made the emasculation, particularly of the black man cool. That's interesting, because um, I felt like, personally, and one of my criticisms, uh, or melites, I guess, is that this album felt a little pieced together the way you, you were saying. And in oh, certain very points, in certain points, it felt heavy handed. And in other points, yes. it felt like he was 
tiptoeing to try to not be heavy handed. So like mm-hmm. that, you know, emasculation of men line, I think stood out to myself and probably most because uh, it was very heavy handed. It was like, yo, I'm telling you how I feel about this. And you you got some of that as well on the satanic song. But yeah. then like other songs, it almost felt like he he kind of, you know, tap danced on you know certain issues that were also in you know pol- the political forefront or or the black community. I don't know that 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 line resonated with me the same way that it did with you, but I also was confusing to me because I was like, it feels more heavy handed than most of the rest of the album. Well, it's not so much that it resonates with me. It's not like I heard that and been like, oh yes, like I started clapping my hands. <laughs> it's not like that, right? My point was that it's like, oh okay, I agree with you here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with your heavy handedness here. Mm-hmm. The rest of the album is kind of like, well, yeah, but I mean, I could kind of pick apart some of this. Yeah. You know, and like that was that was something that he said that was like, well, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. You yeah. know, and my my greater point is that I don't think he's good at delivering this kind of content. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, I'll, I'll I'll cheat and, you know, and double down on your point with a an individual track low light which i really was calling a mud light right the song with rhapsody oh yes i have issues with that song oh my god the rapping is good so i'll I'll start Mm -hmm. i'll start with that both the rapping from rhapsody and the rapping from busta i love rhapsody first are both good to me i I think he was rhapsody versus great now Mm, go ahead it's funny that you compared him or drew parallels to nas because this song reminds me of black girl lost um in that the it's so the the perspective is so ridiculously lopsided and one-sided yes. and just does yes. not really look at the issue from from like like objectively at all in a way that's like that's like fuckery right like right. this is one of the best beats on this album bars yeah, and beats good, this is one of the best nice songs on on this album yeah. right um yeah. and and if if this had been some battle of the sexes shit it would have been an, an amazing song i think because you know, where they say there's three sides to a story, right? Like it's like your side, the other person's side, the truth, right? Somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, but here we get Rhapsody mansplaining us why baby mamas ain't shit, right? So Rhapsody comes on as this pick me chick. She starts the song. Yeah. Her verse is literally her telling us why as a baby mama, she ain't shit and she's fucked up and everything that Busta says is right. I don't think it's that harsh. Okay, let me let me just let me interject here. I think that Rhapsody delivers on this on this song. I think what compounds it and makes it bad is Busta Rhymes verse. But see, and because, let, because so, here's the so thing, you didn't let me fin- you didn't let me finish my point. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So so had had Rhapsody come on and said, "This is where I fucked up." Right, right. And then Busta came on the song and said, "This is where I fucked up." Yes, this yes. song would have worked. But yes, what happened was Rhapsody came on and said, this is where I fucked up. Busta right. came on and said, this is where you this fucked is where up. You Let fucked me up. Exactly. double down on what you... Okay. Yes. So we're on the same I agree. page. Yes, this- yes, yes. My, my, my beef is not with Rhapsody. My beef is the fact that Busta Rhymes comes on and then... Despite the fact that Rhapsody's verse is apologizing, he's like, "Well, I don't give a fuck about your apology. You're still a bitch." What? I, I, like, I, I would imagine you know, that that's they my did. Problem. I would imagine though that they did this song together, and and so, you know, to 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 take it a step back, right, and then talk about you know what we're talking about broader with with Busta as an orator and you know as yeah. as someone talking about actual subject matter, right? 
I think this is a perfect example. This song is a microcosm of my challenge with Busta Rhymes, you know, as, when he talks about actual subject matter, right? Is this was a perfect opportunity for him to be self-contemplative and like have self-reflection. So I don't know if this situation is his real situation. I don't know if he has baby mama. Yeah, I, don't know I don't know. I don't know if this is just a, a song about a topic. But rather than saying, let me tell you about where I fucked up because I'm human as well. You know, someone else comes on and gives self-reflection. Buster comes on and starts finger wagging at that person yes. about how terrible yes. they are. And he never acknowledges that he could also be wrong about something. And I, that's look, how I yes, feel about exactly. the whole album. <laughs> Go that's ahead. fair. That's fair. Look, I, I I didn't get the idea that that was a microcosm of the entire album, but that was my beef with the song. Yeah. Is it like, look, like I love what Rhapsody did on here. I love people mm. who are who can be apologetic, can be vulnerable, who, who can admit their mistakes. That's mm. what she does here. And I think she makes a good point. And mm. I know that there's some dudes who listen to what she had to say and be like, yo, I feel that. Right. But then for, for, for <laughs> Busta Rhymes to follow that up and then to double down and be like, yeah, you did fuck up. You did do this. I was like, wait, whoa. I, I thought like, we were trying to heal here. Right. That's not healing. Right. What are you doing? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, my, my beef is not with Rhapsody on this. My beef okay. is with Busta on this song. That's fair. I think I looked at the song at the aggregate and I thought, you yeah. know, I mean, it's it's almost like, you know, like you said, they went to a therapy session and then one person started to open up about how they felt and the other person pulled out a gun and shot them, right? Like, it's just yeah, like... Exactly, it's exactly. Just like, Thank wait, you. Like, yes. Yes. So I assume yes. that they were working on the song together <laughs> and that, like, either they both were going to say... Like, because sometimes, you know, we, we, we do this shit. Like, it, you know, Ain't No Niggas a good example. Like, there's, there's all right. these records where it's like, it's Battle of the Sexes. I'm going to come on and shoot you and you come on and shoot me and that's the song. Then there's yeah. a song where I come on and tell you about my insecurities. You come on and tell you about your insecurities and we share. Neither right. of those exchanges yeah, occurred exactly. on that exactly. song. <laughs> yeah. And I would have been okay with either way. Like I would have been okay yeah. with it if it was a battle of the sexes. I would have been okay with it if it was both people coming to the table with what, what they did wrong. But it was not. I would have preferred the I would have preferred the latter. I would have preferred yeah. the both people coming to the table with what they did wrong. I thought yeah. that's what they were going to do. That's not what they did. And I feel so like, my problem is not with Rhapsody. I thought her yeah. verse is great. But Busta Rhymes and, versus like, man, and I, my God, like shit. And I will say what what you're saying is true in that like it would have been really refreshing if it were the latter, right? Because we exactly. don't have a lot of songs where we do talk about that subject matter from the perspective of, hey, like this is a situation that happens every day. A lot of people right. can relate to this and we're both wrong. And this is the reason why we're both wrong. But yo, Rhapsody shines. Like not only that, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't agree. And I'll tell you why. Oh, you don't agree. She, Go ahead. She... She actually calls herself crazy in the verse. Well, that's fair. She's right, that's in the fair. verse talking about, I'm crazy. I'm a baby mama. Okay. I'm always fucking up. I'm, and it's like, okay, like. Uh, well, I, I didn't get that, but maybe you're right. Maybe I have to. Uh, yeah, to it's, like, it's like, okay, you know, I, I feel like even in the situation where somebody can admit where they're wrong. I don't know that they go as far as saying, I'm always wrong. I'm crazy. They can say, yo, this that's is kind of how I feel. Um, you know, the, 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 I know I was wrong here, but let me tell you my perspective as to what my reasoning was. It's not, okay. Okay. I, I'm crazy, so I did this fucked up shit. It's like, well, you know, I, my, my thought process was this, and this is the reason why I did this, but I can see how it was wrong or it may have hurt. That's me. fair. You know what I'm saying? 
it's been a while since I actually listened to that song. When I list, when I went back to listen to this album, you know, this past week or weekend rather, um, this was one of the ones that I skipped. So mm -hmm. I'm basing this off of what I remember when I first heard the album. I, I would have to go back and listen to her verse again. Mm -hmm. I do know that she said some things when I'm like, yeah, this is this is like these are some good bars here. Yeah. This is a good message here. Maybe some of the specific specifics of what you're talking about is fair. Yo, is fair criticism rather. She literally has a bar that says. Um, and I admit, you giving me child support made me lazy. Oh, did she really? Yes. Mm. Bro, this is like the most right, pick-me, right, mansplained right. ass verse right. ever. You might be right. All right, you might be right. So. E nevertheless, nevertheless, <laughs> I don't think she's the problem with the song. I think it's Buss's second verse. Is the, uh, I think Buss's verse is the problem with the song. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. other lowlights? Because I, I, I think I, I, I piggybacked on your joint. And you, are, you, were, you were going on lowlights. Um, there's some little lowlights I could talk about here and there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, after the discussion that we've had today, I'm not mm -hmm. sure if it's really worth getting into some of the, you know, some of the lowlights. Like, yeah. shut yourself down, you know, uh, great flow. I'm not sure about his choice of the voice. It was mm -hmm. really weird, but the transition was cool. Mm -hmm. The they'll the bid the vote. I mean, like, it's not a song that I listen to now, but when I first heard it, I was like, wow, it's so refreshing to hear a flow like this. And now I hear it, and I'm like, all right, the beat is gimmicky, and I yeah, don't like it. But yep. the flow is ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yep. there's there's little things I could pick apart here and there throughout the album, but I'm not really sure if it's worth going into. I mean, we've been speaking about this for over an hour, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say the only the only thing I, I'll add, you know, uh, at the aggregate is like, you know, I feel like for Busta Rhymes, flow wise, there's really not much evolution that Busta can do, and so you know, he delivered yeah. when it came to that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, he has a very evolved and timeless flow, always has. But content wise, we didn't really see much growth. And I think that would be Panama's point. He's like, yeah. it's a Busta Rhymes album. And it is a Busta yeah. Rhymes album. But that goes back to my earlier point that a Busta Rhymes album can be refreshing. Yeah. Especially if yeah. it delivers, which I ultimately think this one does. Yeah, that's fair. And then, you know, the only other thing I really want to add as a, you know, and I won't even call it a, I won't call. I don't know what to call it. I don't know if I want to call it a low light or a mel light, but we didn't really talk much about where I belong. Uh, the Mariah Carey song. Why would um, we? That song. I just sucks. I just don't. I don't know that we needed it. Um, it doesn't take us anywhere beyond where the original song takes us, other than just the nostalgia of oh hey he did this before. I would say if this was like a thirty second skit. You know, maybe it was playing in the background and on an answering machine message or something like that. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. That's it's like he redid the Mariah Carey song. But I don't know why this is another song. So this is where I will say Busta Rhymes fails as an executive producer is because mm -hmm. if you listen to that song or a song like this 20 years ago from the 90s and you still think that shit sounded good like now, like how do how does how does your ear convince you they're like oh yeah this type of music that we did sounded good in the 90s no See, it didn't then like, I, I don't i don't it, know it that sounded I, bad then so why would you try to recreate it now i don't know that that i that i agree with you from the perspective of this song is probably one of busta's best-selling songs the mariah them busta mariah now is it my favorite song by him no do i love it no, no. but that doesn't mean that but, doesn't mean that it aged well man I, 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 like I there's, don't there's shit that aged well and shit that didn't. I don't think it's one age well. I don't disagree with you, but I will say, right? If I'm Busta and I'm putting my album together, um, and my my biggest records are a Janet Jackson feature, a Mariah Carey Whoa. feature, uh, whatever else feature, right? 
I'm going to go Janet in my Jackson one. But but see that's what that I was going to say. Well. But, but see that's what I was going to say. I would have reached out in my Rolodex and I would have seen who can collaborate with me in 2020. Janet Jackson may not have returned the phone call. Mariah Carey yeah. may have returned the phone call. So it's like Probably. then he, you okay. know, he tries to, you know, he hits up Navi Beats, I guess, and is like, yo, let's work with Rick Rock and remake whatever we can, right? They make a lackluster ass song. Now, I probably, if it were my album, I probably would have thrown it as a bonus cut or put it on the one of the the, the extended shits because it's just not that good. But it's at the same good. time, I feel like if, if I'm Busta, I'm like, I see the dollar signs and I'm like, okay, well, I am going to put this shit out because I, I reached out to Mariah Carey and she's Mariah Carey. So yeah. I get it. I just don't like it. It's not good. I just don't like it either. It wasn't good. Nobody yeah. likes it. I think that was the consensus <laughs> pick of worst song on the album. Yeah. The only the only other overarching comment that I'll have is, and this is this is abnormal for for me to say this about artists, especially artists that I like. I wish there were more features on this album. Um, you know, that makes sense. I wish a song like Czar had MOP actually on it. Yes, um, I was gonna say that. Yeah, that was I, a, that was in my notes. I just didn't take the yeah. time to say it. But yeah, like that beat was perfect for MOP. Right, and I feel like you know, I feel like Busta with him being somebody who's kind of more relevant than a lot of his his contemporaries of that time frame, it would be dope for him to kind of pull some of those names of people that we haven't really heard in a while or seen in a while and just kind of brought them out to drop their one verse here and their one verse there and him just kind of be the the orchestrator of that movement like that would have been really cool to see because as i said before i personally just don't want to hear three verses of busta like i it's it's good to hear like other people's perspectives and takes on some what some of these songs are about okay well the last thing i will ask before we wrap it up is uh you know the grammys came out with their list of you know mm -hmm. hip-hop albums of the year i think it was uh they got black habits from d smoke alfredo which i know you like from freddie gibbs and the alchemist a written testimony which we've talked about we have an episode mm -hmm. on that with jay electronica and jay-z i don't know why he's not listed here but whatever <laughs> king's disease from nas which we spoke about in our summer recap right. um you and i both like that album right. and the allegory from roast of five nine which i actually have not listened to but i heard you that was listen good. To it. it's good okay um do you think that they missed Busta Rhymes album ELE2? Well, well now thinking about it right it came out October 30th it may have missed right. the deadline but do you think assuming the deadline wasn't an issue do you think that it belongs in the top five of, of here I think it belongs in the tier of the albums that have, were mentioned here it's definitely better than Jay Electronica's album I would agree with that yeah. I would agree with that yeah I do think that King's yeah. Disease is better though yes uh, yeah. yes I'd say maybe. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, because I, I when we talked about King's Disease, I remember listening to that album being like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then each time I listened to it, I enjoyed it more. And then I went back to listen to it randomly and I liked it even more. I think so whereas, whereas this album, I liked it initially. And then I went back to listen to it. I was like, okay, I have a lot more criticism about, criticisms about this album. Yeah, I think the production on King's Disease is more is more contemporary. I think the subject matter is much better. I think that the actual rapping, like like lyrical rapping, is better on here than than, than King's Disease. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, I think the content, and I think the, the content is way just, better on Nas. Yeah, because Nas knows how to deliver that better than I think Busta Rhymes does. But yeah, the budget sure. on here is 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 better. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. So. True.
Um, you know, the only other thing that I'll say is funny. So first of all, I think you should listen to that Royce. Um, I think I think the Royce is uh, yeah, it's on my list of things. It's it dope. It's dope. And I think the the thing that that really stood out to me about the Royce is that uh, he produced it himself. Did um, he? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I the guess he had Royce. been work. He's been working on you know becoming a better producer, and so he produces on album, and I, I really respect that. Um, the thing I'll say about the Nas is I feel like Nas has been notoriously snubbed by the Grammys every year for 20 yeah, something years. And comes, so I think he's definitely going to win like on some makeup call shit. So I don't even think yeah. that that's a competition this year. Um, and the last thing that I will say is I listened to the Joe Budden podcast and they were they yeah. were talking with um, with Summer Walker's manager and a couple of other people on this on, on the podcast. And they were like, who the fuck is D Smoke? And, you know, yeah. And they were going in about how, like, how dare, you know, D Smoke win this, um, you know, or or be nominated for this. And they were talking about, you know, all the people that were supposed to get it. And it, it, you know, it reminded me of the conversation that you and I had when Black Habits came out. And if you remember, I said, D Smoke is an artist that we don't deserve, or this album yeah, is an album say that. we don't deserve, right? Do, exactly. And I, I still feel that way, and I feel like their conversation was really funny because you know when the dude said, "Who the fuck is D Smoke?" They were like, "Oh, he's some Netflix rapper, right?" And then they were like, "Oh yeah, he's Sir's brother, but you know he was on some Netflix show rapping." And it just reminded me that yeah, the disrespect you know, to not recognize the musicality of D Smoke is well. Their conversation was more about like yeah well you know like Nas is really famous and you know right. then they started to talk about all these different star-studded features that were on these other people's albums and they were just like you know we don't really know who D Smoke is and it just reminded me that most people's conversations don't have anything to do with music because their conversation about best album had nothing to do with music it was about features it was about budgets it was about this person's album was way more promoted and they had this person featured and they had that and it's just like you know the conversations that we have about music for most people they don't actually include conversation about music you're not going to hear any complaints from me <laughs> look that's the reason why we have this podcast right yeah that's one of the reasons why i mean that's one of the reasons why i get into some of the debates that i get into get into with people i'm just like yeah. look like you know, I don't care about the bells and whistles of, of this shit. I care about the music. And when the bells and whistles affects me, I at least like to acknowledge my bias and be like, like, like you did with the video with right. the you. You're like, look, normally I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy into it with the video. But like, I will admit that part of the reason why I like the song is because I like the video. At least right. you can admit it. Yeah, that's real. So now hopefully, uh, you know, I, I I don't think that D Smoke has a chance of winning that. I, no, I think that that's no, Nas's Nas's to win, but you know I do think that it's dope that he got recognized. Um, you it know, was a good and, album, and hopefully you know going forward at some point, you know I I think I, I think it was Jay Z that who I had heard mention this, but somebody was saying that you know Title or Revolt or one of these black people owned you know companies need to come out with their own award show the same way the mm-hmm. Source had the Source Awards. And, yeah. you know, I think at some point we do need to kind of try to find a way to take back, you know, and create something where we can reward ourselves. Because I, I, I don't think that the Grammys ever get it right. And I don't think that they're, they're even I don't know that they're even tr- really trying to get it right or that it's about getting it right. It would be a challenge, though, because I think that. Oh, man, this is a really loaded conversation. We might mm-hmm. cut this. 
but I actually wanted to discuss this with you. Yeah. That I've been having conversations with people about like, like I've been having conversations with black friends who have admitted to me that to be honest, they prefer like white culture over, over black culture. Not that they prefer white people over black people, but they prefer white culture over black culture. And, and I've had, I've been having to pick this apart to say that, well, the reason why they do that is because who is control, who controls the, the image of black culture. And essentially it's like anything that is ignorant or ratchet or whatever, or wholly black, the media can come in and just be like, well, that's, that's blackness. That's a circle of blackness. Mm -hmm. And anytime black people step outside of the image or the narrative, they're stepping into someone else's idea of culture. So these are black people who are selling out or black people who have elevated. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, no, they're just black. That's people. still black culture. Right. Right. And so, like, at the same time, too, whiteness has this great, great ability to capture and borrow everything, even from other aspects of culture that aren't theirs. True. To then compile it as whiteness and white culture. Right. Right. Like, so, like, anything like ancient Europe or whatever is like, oh, like, oh, look at all, look how expansive white culture is. And then see how they paint Africa. It's like, Mm. well, shit. It's the same four people in a hut. The reason why I bring this up Mm. is because that despite the fact that I do think that black culture, the image of black culture is very, very like not monolithic, but it's very, very, you know, distinct and and homogenous rather. Um, Low brow stereotypical. I'm using air quotes here, but all the different superlatives, whatever you could say about some of these things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The the non non elevated status of it that that's that aspect of black culture is still powerful enough to kind of drag down some of the more objective conversations you might want to have about these things so for example for example what i'm saying is that like let's say you actually wanted to have a black entity that was going to talk about music from a black perspective there could be things that are very very um musical and very very well done uh, a, a musical project that would have all these things, but because the black Twitter or black Instagram or black mm-hmm. whatever doesn't vouch for these things, they're not part of the conversation. Or if they are part saying. of the com- if they are brought up, then it's like, oh well, that's a that doesn't represent blackness. That's not down with blackness. Like, and look, I like I'm an Esperanza Spalding type type of of uh, of a thing. Sure, who has done better? Because I'm actually not a big fan of Esperanza Spalding, but her recent project I think was actually one of her recent projects was very good. I just mean um, that but, a lot of her yeah, what she does exactly. doesn't fit into that that R and B stereotype. Exactly, and I think that there are there are a few artists who do kind of get on the on the bubble who are still like accepted, like someone like a Robert Glasper, I think would be accepted, mm-hmm. right? Because he has enough clout that even people who don't, even like the Twitterverse that doesn't care about Robert Glasper, would still have to have respect because there's enough people in the Twitterverse to be like, no, calm down, that's Robert Glasper. Right. Because like, he's collaborated with Erica Bayou exactly. and whoever exactly. else we know. Right. I think it would be difficult because catering to the this image of of black culture that I think is very, very and, and look, and I can understand like it is very reasonable or possible to listen to what I'm saying and be like and point out problematics that I'm problematic things that I'm saying. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be like complimentary of any of this. I'm just talking about how the media depicts black people in black culture. Um, but nevertheless, I still think that there is like an entity within that or a group within that that would want to steer the conversation 
towards things that would prop up something like a Beyonce, despite the fact that there may not be any musicality in a Beyonce project versus something like a D Smoke. You know what I mean? I think like that, I think D Smoke yeah. could suffer from the same problems. I think you get you you will definitely get that um regardless. Um and I mean I think that you know by by definition, right? Like title is is Jay-Z's arm, you know, and right. and and Revolt is 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 Puff Daddy's arm, right? So these are people that already exist in this world. So they're already kind of crafting what it is that we're calling black culture, right? So they're not mm-hmm. they're not exactly new voices and they're not exactly out here looking to change the the paradigm because they're already they're already successful in in the way things are currently. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a bigger problem or a bigger question, but it would be interesting, you know, I mean, and I, and I guess we've tried to do this before with the the BET awards, right? And yeah. and at this point I think but that's, that's Viacom, failed miserably, right? right? Exactly. So I mean, you know, and it, they it's, didn't it's, even do BET awards before Viacom came. Oh, they didn't. They did not have a BET awards show in the 90s when uh Bob uh whatever his fuck what's his name? Bob Johnson. Um yeah, I don't remember him doing a BET Awards. If they did, someone can come on here and correct me. I remember BET Awards becoming a thing when Viacom brought when Viacom uh, bought them. That makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think it's obviously it would be difficult, or or it's it's unlikely that that it changes things radically. But at the same time, it, what's working today ain't ain't working. So it would be interesting to see if there would there was a way to have a different conversation. Later. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't want it. I do want it. I'm just saying that I think we'll still come. It will come with its own challenges. That for being sure. said, for sure. I'm open to those challenges and us finding solutions for those challenges. I yeah. just want to emphasize that those challenges will exist. Right. So anyway, word, I think word. this was a good discussion. Um, yeah. I think uh, it would have been good for for Panama to be on here because <laughs> I know that he would have had some thoughts. You know, particularly, um, he probably would have done a better job conveying his own opinions on this. But nevertheless, I think that that conversation with him and Mm -hmm. with our peers about the critical reception of this album, why it is received with such, you know, um, uh, why it was the polarization of this Mm -hmm. album, I think is is an important one to have. Yeah. So, yeah. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the project. Likewise, good. I just want to thank Buster Rhymes for making this and, you know, conglomerate music for promoting this as well as they've been promoting it. Hopefully mm-hmm. we have, you know, more folks that are able to create music that's of this quality and of this aesthetic and it get similar, you know, if not even better platforms to, to you know, project on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that should wrap it up. Peace. Peace. Master the precision of the faster addiction after you listen. Smashing, I whip them fast with the wisdom I give them fluently speaking. Who would be teaching jewels like science is hidden? Look, I'm tired of kicking. Head off, see now I'm trying to avoid from popping the lead off. And so you're topping and jet off. It's time and I set off the heat like the tropics. Connect with the hood quicker than fiber optics. I'm deeper than Michael's pockets. I'm equally microscopic. Germicidal like an Ebola. If I ain't already told you, you could suck up on Maracola. 
please feel free to join us in the smoking section because we with all the smoke on Colder than hold the polar bear weather. No, I'm chosen to clear them whether or not they're ready. I'm stopping every time as I'm redefining the masterminding and redesigning the master architect. Chemically combining genetically, sister, see, I'm readily sick to the pulp. Competitively, the DNA in my blood, incredible Hulk. And then I shock with a vault enter like El Camino. Supply you with supplements like aminos. You in trouble because me and Primo finally got together. Yes, we got a script for you to learn from. Everybody get off when I shoot my sperm from. None of you ready if you're still gassing that giddy. I'll make a movie out of them, Tyler Perry. See how that style of every while I bury you. Then I'm whipping the Maserati and throwing bread like confetti. You know that we got it plenty. Watch the movie while you're still driving Suzuki, chilling. Hey.